that's what we do. Luke chapter 18. chapter 18 verse 14 and uh, 16 and I haven't said this in a while but this one's going to be probably a little bit different I don't even know how to end it so we'll see how it goes uh, Luke 14 sorry Luke 18 and 14 it says I tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth, humbleth himself shall be exalted. Verse 16 says, But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. So we're going to talk about two stories this morning. Two that, until this week, I didn't realize were related. We're going to talk about that. So let's just pray again before we um, get into this. Let's pray that God would um, open our hearts and speak to us. Because this is one of those messages that we're going to hear and say, that doesn't apply to me. And it might. If you know what I mean. So let's just pray Jesus, hallelujah, I thank you, God, for your spirit that's here, your presence. God, I pray that you would soften our hearts today. God, I pray that we would hear from your word. In Jesus' name, God, let your word go forth with clarity. God, and speak to us. In Jesus' name, God, let it go right to our hearts. In the name of Jesus, let your will be done, I pray. In Jesus' name. get back up later so um, so we're going to talk about two stories um, goes along with kind of what we've been talking about lately we've been talking about Pharisees and Jesus's response to them in the last few weeks and uh, so this one goes along with that a bit and um, for the first time in my life I noticed that these stories or back to back, like they go together. And uh, I think it may be connected, so we're just going to go through um, the scripture and see what the word says, because that's the best way to preach. <laughs> just see what the Bible says and say that. Yeah. Instead of having our own ideas and trying to make the Bible fit into our ideas. Anyway, so Luke 18. We'll be there for most of it. Jump around a bit, but Luke 18 and 9. It says, And he spake this parable. So Jesus is the he here. He spake this parable unto um, certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. That's a good one. So Jesus, he's gonna, he's just about to teach or tell a parable to the people. Who think they are all that and a bag of chips? 
people who think that they're righteous, the ones that um, despise others or look down on others. And if I, I know if I ask for a show of hands, who here thinks they're better than someone else? Only Annabelle and I will raise our hands. Most of us won't admit it. <laughs> right? It's not something we just admit openly. <laughs> Put that on our Facebook status. So glad I'm better than my neighbor. They're crazy. You know, we don't do that. We don't, <laughs> we don't admit it. But it's something that's real. It's something that we think. At least I know. Maybe it's just me. I know no one's going to admit it. So I don't know. I'm just going to preach it. And maybe it's just me. Maybe it's, I just think everyone's the same as me. Maybe I'm projecting onto you. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but the fact that Jesus addresses this kind of thing quite often shows that it's a real issue whether we want to admit it or not. And equality is an important thing with Jesus. And it should be with his church. Galatians 3 and 28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. The message of the church is we are all equal. There's no one that's better than anyone else. Right? Everyone is welcome. God so loved the world. Not so God loved the, the good people. Or this group of people. God so loves the Canadians. He does. But he loves the world. He loves every, everyone. We, we know this. We, I know this isn't anything new and your minds aren't being blown. <laughs> but that is the heartbeat of Jesus. That's why salvation is available to whosoever will. But yet, if we aren't careful, we can find ourselves in positions where we look down on others either because of something they've done or where they've come from. Maybe what they look like, what language they speak, whatever. We can, we can do that. There's no, record, there's no record of anything that sparked this conversation that Jesus is having. There's no record of somebody doing something so Jesus takes time to speak this, this parable. There's no record of anyone doing anything or saying anything or giving any sort of hint that this was going on. There's no record of people treating others badly and looking down on them, right? And then Jesus tells these, this parable. He just starts talking. He just starts telling this parable and teaching um, this parable, which is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson, in case you forgot what that meant. But he just starts telling this, this story, most likely because he knew it was going on. People maybe weren't doing it openly at the moment, but it was something that was under the surface. It was something that was happening, and Jesus takes time to address that. Now, how many times in the stories we've gone through already has he addressed what people were thinking? Often with the Pharisees. I think it's fascinating that how Jesus just knows what's going on. He just starts speaking to the issues, whether they wanted to hear it or not. There are sometimes people say, you know, bring a question to them, to him, and he, he answers it, and sometimes he just speaks to what they're thinking. I think that's pretty neat. It's not uh, much different now. Um, I don't know if you ever came to church and the message was just for you. Hopefully that's happened in the last three years. 
The message was just for you and you didn't even know you needed it till you got there. And God just spoke something right to you. That's kind of that's what's happening here in this story. These people weren't looking for clarification or anything. Jesus just spoke to what they were thinking and what they were, how they were, and what was going on inside. And so the word despised in this verse means literally to count as nothing. That's a dangerous place to be. To count another um, human being as nothing. That's what these people were doing. He says people that think that they are you know, justified in someone else. They despise someone else. It's a dangerous place to be to see another person as nothing, as trash, as the lowest of the low. And honestly, this is happening right now in our world. People look at each other. I look at others like they are complete trash, they're nothing, they're worthless, especially if they don't agree with them. I don't know. It's crazy right now. If they don't agree with their thoughts, their worldview, their priorities, they're just trash. If they voted for someone else, they're just trash. If they serve another God, they're just trash. If they do this or that, they're just nothing. They don't even see people as people. And it's from both sides. We degrade and belittle others over completely ridiculous things. And I know when we go through this parable, we'll be talking about the Pharisees. And, and that word Pharisee, whenever we hear it, we automatically say, that's not me. That doesn't apply to me. I'm not a Pharisee. Right? I do it. Maybe you don't. Maybe this is me projecting. I don't know. But that's, that's what we do, I think. But the principle can and does apply to us. You may not be a Pharisee in the sense that you're not um, Jewish <laughs> or you're not super religious or a hardline person or leader of the law, but we can be a Pharisee in the sense that we look at ourselves and think, man, am I awesome? I am incredible. Everyone else is wrong and foolish and I can't believe how dumb they are. If only everyone was as smart and intelligent and good-looking as, no, as me. Or whatever it is. Whatever it is that you think that you have that makes you so wonderful. If only everyone else was, this is, this is okay. <laughs> and we can despise others and we can count people who don't share our um, skin tone, our language, our background, our religion, our political views, or whatever, we can count them as less than us or as nothing. And so this parable that Jesus is telling is for them. I know we hear Pharisee, I'm not a Pharisee, but the ideas they have are ideas that we can also have if we aren't careful. Verse 10, it says, two men went to the temple to pray the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. We know a publican is a tax collector, right? So again, we've got a Pharisee and a, a tax collector, just like the last four weeks. And Jesus uses these two because in the eyes of the average Jewish or Hebrew person at the time, the Pharisees were the best that a person could be. They were the cream of the crop. The best of the best. They were. They had it going on. They lived right. God like loved them, and they were incredible. And everything they said was the law. And they were so great. And and then um, you got the tax collector. 
the publican. Um, he's the worst. These were traitors to the Jews. They worked for the Roman Empire. They were sellouts. They, they ripped people off. They were dishonest thieves working for the enemy. So you had two. I don't know if we had to make that scale today. What would be the top? What would be the bottom? We all see things differently. But that's what he was doing. We got the, everyone looks up the Pharisees. Everyone looks down the publicans. Uh, now we don't really have anything against maybe the tax collectors. Maybe against the people that make the taxes. Um, you know, we don't look down on accountants. I appreciate them. They make everything a lot easier. No one likes paying taxes, but we don't see them as the worst of the worst now. So I don't know what our, our whatever will be. But he uses these two men as two groups of polar opposites on you know, the, the spectrum of how they would look at people. Not because you know, all Pharisees are evil and all publicans are, are good, but as two opposing positions in their society. So um, their professions aren't necessarily what's important to the story, but what they represent and how they pray and um, how they're viewed. This is what's important. So they both go to the temple to pray, which is a good thing. This is, see, I told you this is different. Feels uncomfortable. <laughs> they both go to the temple to pray, which is a good thing. The verse 11 and 12, and this is the Pharisee's prayer. You, you know the story, you've heard it. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee. That I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. What a prayer. I just whew, get chills. That's where the story gets a little, takes a little turn. It says, and he, he stood and prayed thus with himself. The way it's written implies that the man stood up by himself and prayed. And it's not in the sense that he wanted privacy. Uh, you know, sometimes you just pray in your seat. Nobody look at me. This is me and God and I'm praying. This isn't what he was doing. He wasn't trying to hide and pray. Um, the way it's written in the words that are used in Greek imply that he was off by himself in front of everyone. <laughs> putting a scene. Putting on a scene. Um, putting on a show, if you will. There's nothing wrong with praying out loud. There's nothing wrong with coming to the front and praying. That's fine. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but if we do it for attention, like this guy was doing, well, Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 5, he said, When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So if you pray like that, you come, Oh, look at me. I'm so great. I'm incredible. Look at how wonderful I am. Look at my new suit. Look at my, oh, my shoes are so nice and all, whatever. Hear how loud I can pray. Listen to the eloquence of my voice. <laughs> Look at how well I can speak in tongues. My, 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 me, me, me. If we do that, well, you've got your reward, Jesus said. You do it for attention, you got attention. That's it. That's your reward. You got it. If you come to church and put on a show, look at me, listen to me sing, listen, look how good I can do this. Whew. Well, that's it. You got your reward. Everyone looked at you. You win. Congratulations. 
Everyone paid attention to you. That's your reward. And this Pharisee, this is, this is what he was doing. He's up in front. He's putting on a show. It's, and it's highly unlikely that he was praying quietly either because um, Jewish people in this time, they didn't pray quietly. There was none of this come to the temple and hush, hush, and how many, how many. There was none of that. They were loud. They have a wall called the wailing wall. You go and you wail. Like they didn't pray quietly. They were very expressive and they were very open in their prayers and their worship. And that's what they did. So he's probably not up here. Oh, God, I think I'm not like this guy over here. He's just putting on a show. I'm so great. I'm not like this tax collector. And I paid my tithes on everything. And I fast twice a week. And so we got this Pharisee and he's standing at the front of the temple. He's praying loudly and he says, God, I thank you. I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers or even like this tax collector. I've asked twice a week. I give tithes of all I get. Oh God, I thank you. I'm not like these other heathens. That's what he's doing. Amazing. Such a prayer. I, I have never prayed a prayer like that in my life. Have you? When we say, you know, you can pray through the Bible, don't pray that prayer. The way he prays this or says this, it's, He's not even praying to God at all. He's praying to himself. He's praising himself. It starts off okay. God, I thank you. You know, that's good. But it quickly goes off the rails. I'm not as, I'm not as other men. Thank you. And this is where it goes wrong. He starts comparing himself to other men. Well, the thing is, other men aren't the measuring stick. The word of God is Jesus is the measuring stick. If we want to compare ourselves to others, we can always find someone who's worse off or worse at something than us. Do you notice in his prayer, he doesn't mention prideful people? Right? He says, I don't extort people. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty just. I don't cheat on my wife. I'm definitely not a tax collector. So I am awesome. Well, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't use these words. I don't cheat on my wife. I'm awesome. Right? No. <laughs> Thank you. See how easy that is? So what if I murmur and gossip? So what if I'm proud? So what if I treat people like, like garbage or I lie? I don't do these other things. He doesn't list off the things he's doing. And if you do do one of those things, you know, you just leave it out and add something else you don't do. Right? Beautiful. Everyone has different struggles, and it's not hard to find things that we are better at than someone else. Even if you're strung out on something and you wake up in a ditch somewhere, well, I didn't rip anyone off today, I'm good. Right? It's not hard. Even if you can find the worst possible situation, you can look, there's always something positive. Well, I didn't do this thing. I didn't drive under the influence. I fell in the ditch. You know, there's always something. Right? <laughs> that wasn't in there. <laughs> but that's not what we're supposed to be doing. We're not supposed to be comparing ourselves to others because we can always find someone who's doing something that we're not doing. And this is where his prayer goes sideways. And he even, <laughs> he even points out the other guy there praying. Can you imagine that? Someone comes up to the front. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not like Linda. 
imagine? Sorry, Linda. And then he says, I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of everything I own. And I go above and beyond. I am so great. I do so many things. Not only do I not do these things, I do these things too. I am amazing. Most of us want to come and pray like this. Like Jesus is putting on some just the most extreme example. Like most, most people aren't coming and praying these things. And if they are, just we'll have to slap them or something. I don't know. <laughs> but the attitude can be there. I go above and beyond. I, I'm great. I do, I do things so great. There is no one else like me. But, <laughs> and that's pride, my friends. Pride. Whether we want to admit it or not, we are in danger of that. Verse 13 says, In the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now here's the other guy. He stands afar off, you know, a ways away. One guy's at the front just putting on a show. This guy's off by himself somewhere else, off to the side, not looking for attention. He won't even look up to the heavens. And he beats his chest and he says, God, be merciful to me, I'm a sinner. And he has some sense of shame and he's standing away from everyone else and he's trying not to draw attention to himself, the complete opposite of our friend the Pharisee. And one guy, one guy points out all the things that he doesn't do and the other guy admits the things that he does do. And herein lies the problem. When we ignore our sins and our shortcomings, we're doing ourselves and God a disservice because he knows where we're at. He knows what we've done. He knows that Pharisee has pride. He knows that we aren't perfect. He knows that we, we fall and we sin and we mess up and we, we, we don't have it all together even though everyone else may think we do. He knows all of that stuff. He's not fooled by the show, Amen. by the loud prayers and the dancing in the aisle or whatever. He's not fooled by that, by the pride. He sees right through it. And Jesus says in verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. So the, the publican was justified more than the Pharisee. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased or brought low, and he that humbled himself shall be exalted. And Jesus said the second guy, he was justified or he was forgiven. The Bible school had taught us that justified means it's justified, never sinned. <laughs> so he's forgiven justified. His prayer was answered. He received mercy. God heard him and responded to his prayer. But the Pharisee, well, this guy didn't. And if you read his prayer again, he didn't ask for anything. He doesn't do anything or really say anything. Just, I'm amazing. Huh? I'm so great. <laughs> so if you look at it that way, they both got what they asked for. One guy got nothing and one guy got mercy. And Jesus says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humble, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So basically, if you think you're a big deal, you're going to be humbled. But if you're humble, you're going to be lifted up. And that's a good lesson. Amen. And we can, all, we can all find ourselves doing, doing these things if we're not careful. Normally, we focus on the Pharisee and the publican part of the story, and we can be guilty of hearing this and saying, you know what? That ain't me. I ain't no Pharisee. They're all a bunch of hypocrites, not me. 
Have you thought that this morning? At all? Right? You hear someone preach about Pharisees and think, wow, that's not me. No, because we... <laughs> or, sorry, I read that wrong. You hear someone preach about Pharisees and say, wow, that's me. I'm a Pharisee. No, because we've been conditioned to hear the word Pharisee. We automatically think evil, hypocrite, that's not me, right? And we, we like to identify with the disciples. You know, they were the good guys, right? Peter, James, John, Andrew, not, not Philip. I mean, sorry, not Judas. Philip's okay, not Judas. Judas is bad. We don't want to identify with Judas. But the other guys, the other disciples are cool and they're good. We aren't the Pharisees. We're disciples, right? We're disciples of Jesus. We follow him and we're great and um, we do things so great. There's no one else like us. So, so what did the disciples do with this lesson? Jesus teaches this incredible lesson. I promise I do have a point, and I'm getting to it soon. We will get there. We're just taking the scenic route. So the very next verse, Jesus presents this thing, you know, don't look down on anyone. You know, that's not what we should be doing. Right, the next verse. This is a disciple's reaction to hearing the story. The story about God receiving someone that we probably wouldn't, someone we feel is beneath us. The Pharisees are up here, the publicans are down here, the lowest of the low, right? But yet God hears the prayer of the publican, and God answers his prayer, so we shouldn't look down on people, anyone, even if they're beneath us. Although that's not really a thing. This is the disciples' reaction to this story. Verse 15, And they brought unto him also infants, that he would touch them. That's nice. People bringing their kids to Jesus. But his disciples saw it, they rebuked them. Jesus just taught them not to look down on anyone, to be humble. Because anyone can come to God, anyone can pray, and anyone can be forgiven, and anyone can come, and everyone's welcome, right? Amen. So people, start bringing their kids to Jesus. Touch my kid, pray for my kid, bless my child, right? These likely aren't eight-year-olds, it says infants, they're the wee ones, the crying, snotting, messing their pants, messes. They're cute until they blow up. What's lower than a publican? A baby. So someone in the crowd seems to get my message, or get his message. Hey, anyone can come to God. Here's my child. Bless my child. Pray for my child. But the disciples missed it. The disciples rebuked them. They said to the parents and children, get out of here. You're bothering Jesus. Go away. Mind your business. Get your kid out of here. They're too noisy. They're making a mess. There's Cheerios on the carpet. They stink. They spit on me. <laughs> Go away. Jesus had just finished teaching that we need to be humble when we approach God. And what is more humble than a baby? Nothing. They can't even do anything. They need you to carry them around. They can't even feed themselves. They would starve if it wasn't for people taking care of them. Right? What is more humble than a baby? Nothing. And the disciples missed the point. Now you can say, I don't look down on anyone. I don't think I'm better than anyone. I, I don't think I'm more important than anyone. But how do you feel about kids? Hmm? Are they a nuisance? Are they annoying? Are they too loud? Are they in the way? See, we won't admit that we're like the Pharisee because we know the Pharisees are generally wrong. But are we like the disciples in this story? 
Those kids don't deserve to be here. They don't belong here. They're in the way. Because that's the same thing. You can't get all up on our high horse and say, well, I won't look down on anyone, and then turn around and command the kids, hush, shh, smack, go away. Now that our toes are sore. I'm not saying that we hate children. I'm not saying we see them as a nuisance. And if you do, that's something you need to work out with the Lord. But we have a tendency to hear the word of God and say, well, that doesn't apply to me. Too bad that person wasn't here to hear it. I don't do this very specific thing. I don't pray like that publican. Or sorry, I don't pray like that Pharisee. And we go on our way. This is what the disciples did. They just missed the point. And all the while, the very thing that's being said applies to us. And there's a principle here that we shouldn't look down on anyone. A person's a person, to quote Dr. Zeus, no matter how small. <clears throat> but we can get too busy looking at others to see that the thing applies to us. No doubt the disciples are like, I'm, not a, I'm a fisherman. I am not a Pharisee. When Matthew was a tax collector. You know, we, we're not Pharisees. We're good. And then the people bring the, the babies and the children. They're like, oh, no, you don't. And they did the same thing. The disciples' reaction to the lesson was to do the very thing they've been told not to. Because to them, children weren't people. And now they're trying to annoy me. <laughs> Children were less. It's a good object lesson. <laughs> some places and some churches, they count attendance and they don't count the kids. Because they don't matter to them. One country we went, <laughs> been to, um, when they count attendance, children count as half. I don't know. Fourteen and a half people today. <laughs> they do it. Then we may not judge the publican, but we can judge the children. We may not judge this person or that person because maybe we came, you know, we 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 bend where they are, but we might judge someone else that we don't quite understand. We may not judge this group, but we may judge that group. The disciples weren't critical of the tax collectors or the publicans, but they were of the children and their parents. And I'm not going to look down on this person because I struggle with the thing that they're dealing with, so I'll, I'll give them a break. But that one over there, I don't get them at all. I don't understand what they're even talking about. I'm going to be harder on them. Verse 16, But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer little children to come unto me and forbid them not. For such is the kingdom of God. Some people like just the suffer little children part and they skip the rest. <laughs> suffer. In the English standard it says, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for such belongs, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Jesus said, let them come to me. Don't you get in their way. The kingdom of God belongs to them. And if anyone was lower than a tax collector, it was a child. Literally the bottom rung, no rights at all, no position in society, no say, nothing. 
And Jesus says, don't you hinder them. Don't you stop them from coming to me. Let them come. Don't you get in the way of them coming to me. And in these two stories, Jesus lifts up the lowest of society. He starts with a publican and people are like, yeah, you can't get much lower than that. And then the children come and he's like, oh yeah, watch this. They're coming to me too. We got publicans coming and God forgive them. We've got children coming. We've got the people that no one would expect. Nobody would take time for coming to Jesus. He shows us that anyone can come to him, that anyone can approach him, and anyone can pray. And we as disciples, we can sometimes be guilty of hindering or holding someone back from getting to Jesus. Maybe not on purpose, but by our attitudes, our perceptions of people and their value can hinder and can hold them back. We can be guilty of being like the Pharisees and looking around and maybe putting on a show because, man, I look good today and I've had a good week and... I know this song and I can sing this one real well and whatever. Listen to me pray. I don't know. It can be like the Pharisee lifts off all the things we don't do and ignore the things we do and miss the whole point. And we can be like the disciples and we can be blind and ignorant to the fact that it's even happening in our lives and we are also doing it. Or on the flip side, anyone can come to Jesus. Maybe you are like that publican. Maybe you know exactly all the things you've done wrong. Maybe you know you are a sinner. That's a good place to start. That guy was in a better place than the Pharisee. The children were in a better place than the disciples. As close as they were to Jesus, they missed it. And that's a good place to start where the publican was, where the children were. And if that's the case, if you are like that publican, and you know everything, I know what I've done. I know I'm a mess. I know I don't got it together. I know I've fallen and failed and all that. You need to pray like the publican. Jesus, have mercy on me. We need to approach Jesus with repentance and humbleness. And the publican have both. And the children, I mean, what's more humble than, than a baby? Nothing, they got nothing to their name. They can't do much. But Jesus goes so far as to say in verse 17, Verily I say unto you, whoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. Children don't hate. Children don't judge. Children don't have prejudice. They don't have ambition. They don't have vanity. They're not full of themselves. I got a picture of Julia when we were in Banana. She was only a few years old. We were picking up seashells on the beach. With a couple of local kids came and they helped and they, nobody could speak to each other. They didn't, she didn't know Fawn. They didn't know English. But then there was, you know, I don't know where they lived came from, but they worked together and there was no prejudice, there was no, I'm better than you, no frustration, because you can't speak my language, there was nothing, they just, I think they were kind of confused while we were picking stuff up off the beach, but it helped, and it was fun, it was a good time, 
And children don't judge. And children are, aren't full of all these things that we have as adults. It's when we start teaching them to do that, that it happens. And Jesus says, unless you're going to be like a child, you're going to miss it. Children are humble and they're meek. And if we're going to come to Jesus, that's how it needs to be done. Otherwise, we can't even get into the kingdom, he says. Our pride, our prejudice, our snobbery, which apparently is a word I didn't get corrected, needs to go out the door. We can't think we're better than anyone else. I know we're not Pharisees, but we can't be like the disciples. Find someone else that we think we're better than. Jesus is going to have his way. If his kingdom is going to come, it's going to be through repentance and humility and through honest prayer, like the publican. And not getting in the way and holding others back from coming to him. So, let's stand. We're going to pray. I told you this was a different one. we could just take some time this morning and pray make our hearts right and pray like that publican God have mercy on me and come to him and approach him with humbleness because that's what he responds to I don't want to be like the disciples in this story pretty much every other story fine but in this story they they held somebody back from coming to Jesus and I don't want my prejudice and my ideas and my pride and my position or whatever to do that, to hold somebody back that wants to come to Jesus. So if we're going to have Jesus use us and lead people to him, we need to, we need to make sure that we are in the right place. We're humble and honest with him. And he can work and he can fix that. He can deal with that. Let's pray that he softens our heart and he opens our eyes. To... So when a word comes, we hear it. I know I said Pharisees and we tuned it out. And that's what the disciples did too. And they missed it. I don't want to miss it. I want to be able to speak and lead. So I'm done. Let's just pray that God would help us. Make our hearts right. Have mercy on us. Let's approach him with humbleness. And let's see what he can do through us.